Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Keeping It Local podcast powered by First Federal Bank. I'm your host, Richie Burke, and today we're going to talk about what are community banks, why do they matter to the local economy, and some of the trends we're seeing right now in community banking. To do this, I have two great guests. We've got our very own Ed Schaefer, president and CEO of First Federal, where he's been leading the bank in that role since 2016. Ed, thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Richie. And we've got Rose Oswald-Poles, who is the president and CEO of the Wisconsin Bankers Association, which is the state's largest financial institution and trade association representing 235 commercial banks and savings institutions and over 21,000 employees. She's been president since 2011 and is the first woman president in the organization's 125-year history. Rose, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Rose, we're going to start with you. Let us know what are the differences between community banks and other financial institutions like the bigger players and credit unions. Sure. Well, you know, community banks, uh, like like all financial institutions, really are the drivers of the local economies and the markets that they serve. And they do such wonderful things, first of all, just through the products and services that they offer to help people realize their dreams. It sounds sort of silly or cheesy to say that, but that's actually what community bankers do every single day. They help someone um, buy a home. They help someone get their first car. They help uh, their children get an education. There's just a nice wide mix of services they offer. They're trusted advisors when it comes to trying to plan for your future, uh, whether it's retirement or other types of um, future goals that individuals have and businesses have. And they really um, are very much in touch with their community through the volunteer work that they do and the uh, related investment that they make in their local community and groups. Um, What often differentiates them from very large players as well as credit unions are several things. First of all, all Wisconsin banks pay taxes and credit unions do not pay taxes. It is probably one of the most fundamental differences between these two different types of institutions. Credit unions hold themselves out as being not-for-profit. In Wisconsin, we have 13 credit unions that are a billion and larger, one that's over 4 billion in size. And so they're no different than any other large bank, much less a community bank. They offer the same types of services and products, um, but they do not have the same oversight regulation or pay taxes. Um, They don't have to comply with the Community Reinvestment Act, for example, which really requires institutions to make sure they stay focused on low to moderate income uh, areas. So that's really an important differentiator between the two types of institutions, in addition to the fact that they don't support the state economy, schools, roads, uh, because they don't pay any income tax at all. And did they initially get away with that because they were marketing themselves to that lower income bracket as a nonprofit, and then all of a sudden it's it's not that anymore, yet yeah. they're still not paying taxes? Credit unions are supposed to serve a defined field of membership. And originally when they were first formed, and, and several today still are, very much focused on a niche group. Either it was an employer-based group or a very small community. Today, we have two credit unions in Wisconsin that have a 72-county common bond. Well, the last time I checked, there are 72 counties in the state, so um, <laughs> they serve the entire state. So there's really no commonality there uh, to to truly support the nonprofit status that they have. So they were really meant 
to serve uh, well-defined groups, well-defined neighborhoods, well-defined businesses, and they've expanded way beyond that. And then, you know, if I'm investing money as an individual or a business, why would I go with a community bank over a Chase or Wells Fargo or one of the bigger players? I think you'll find that you get a lot of, um, you know, good service uh, from all of those institutions. Community banks tend to be a lot more focused on the local markets that they are in and headquartered in, most importantly. Um, community banks give back a lot to their their communities, as I mentioned earlier, through investment back, supporting all the local boys and girls clubs, the local uh, little league teams, all sorts of donations that they make both financially as well as with hours that their their staff contribute. And how, how many are there in the country? There are about 5,200 community banks, uh, banks actually, all across the country, which is significantly down from what it used to be. I mean, we used to be well over 20,000 banks. <laughs> and is that is that due to all the consolidation going on or what is... It is consolidation. You know, some of the merger and acquisition activity is a very natural um, evolution in a, you know, free market society that we have. So some of it is very normal. A lot of it over time, though, has been driven by peaks in regulation and just the burden that that places on a bank. And you really need scale to help manage some of that. Today, with technology, I think it helps put community banks on a much more level playing field. So, you know, you're not feeling the pressures like you once did. It's still very expensive, but uh, they're, they're making it work and surviving. Speaking on technology, you know, I think a lot of people think they go with a bigger bank because they think the technology is going to be quite a bit better. Can you touch on that? Because it's really not that different in 2020. Right. Um, I think years ago, there was more disparity there where you saw the large investments being made by the larger players and community banks just not being able to keep up. But as technology has evolved, costs have come down, uh, making it much more of an equal playing field. And so the the sort of burden or obstacle to entry isn't as high anymore as it once was for community banks to compete and offer their consumers the same type of technology that you can get with any other larger financial institutions. So for example, you can be a customer of First Federal in Waukesha and live in Denver, Colorado, because you know they offer all sorts of um, bill pay, mobile banking opportunities, online banking um, that allow you to really do your banking anywhere in the country with First Federal. Yep. And you guys can both chime in on this one. Who do community banks primarily serve and serve best? Oh, I would say they're local local customers. Local customers, the community, um, and really our niche is uh, small business. Um, the focus on adding value to that small business owner. They have their accountant, they have their lawyer, they have their banker. And we train and develop our bankers to add value. Many of us um, have worked outside the industry and have run businesses. So I have an example today where I sat down with a, with a new customer and he's like, wow. And I'm like, well, that's what we're here to do. Not check a box. We're here to add value. And if we can't add value, that's where we get replaced with technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and adding value, helping people actually grow their business. And can you touch on being able to make a decision quite a bit faster, right? 
Right. At, at First Federal, and I think this is for all uh, all well-run community banks, we call it the community bank difference. Other other community banks call it something else, but it's really the ability to provide that service any way a customer wants to be served. But that local quick decision-making where you can get to a decision-maker and get a response in a timely fashion and our case, we try and um, respond um, from getting the application, if you will, or all the information to make a loan. Uh, we turn that around in normally less than two weeks. Yeah, and we we touched on differentiators from community banks to the bigger players, but can you guys touch on and Ed? Maybe this is specific to First Federal. Um, you know, service hours, donations, just community support in general, and even you know, obviously. First Federal's foundation, but I feel like a number of community banks do have foundations that give back. Well, I think that's a, a, a point that Rose made earlier, that the ability of a community banks not to just donate money, which we all do and we do through our foundation. It's rolling up our sleeves, providing financial literacy training, getting involved uh, with community events, uh, be it the 4th of July parade or reading fun day. We're there as people as well. And in Waukesha, we've even painted the uh, red kettles for the Salvation Army on one of our community days. We actually, um, during bank holidays, which we just recently had one, we close the bank, we train in the morning, and we provide community service. And that's normally three or four charities that we send folks to, in to help if that's restocking a food pantry, um, again, painting the uh, Salvation Army kettles. Um, we think it's not just the good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And I think community bankers lead that in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Nationally, there was a study done in 2018 where the industry contributed over 12 million hours of volunteer time uh, to various causes around the country. And in Wisconsin, in that same year, we estimate about 350,000 hours uh, were um, donated by community banks rolling up their sleeves. Wow. And then what do you guys see as trends in community banking right now? And what what does the future of community banking look like? I think the future is extremely bright. Um, there is, as I said earlier, a lot of opportunity. There's a lot more level playing field happening between um, large players and small in terms of, um, you know, getting in barriers to entry in terms of technology that just don't exist anymore. Um, I think local banks um, are the lifeblood of their communities. And when you see um, M&A activity happening and you lose that headquartered bank, it does change the landscape of that community in a way that's not always positive. So I think it's um, important for everyone when they're looking at making their buying decisions and where they want to do business to really look at who is spending the dollars and supporting the local communities because we all want our communities, our schools, school districts, you know, all of the local uh, small groups that are available for your children to participate in. You want all those activities to be available for you as you go through life. And community banks play a huge role in the success of all of those related organizations and school districts, um, in addition to the fact that they pay taxes. So there's a lot, a lot to really think about when you're making these decisions. And it's so easy with technology, especially the younger generation, to just go online and fill out an application and not even pay attention who you're submitting it to. And I think that's a huge mistake. You really need to step back and say, well, 
who am I really giving the business to and what are they doing in my local market for me? To expound on that, it's the VHS. Um, they said it was going to take over the movie business and movie theaters um, just provide an extended amount of services and they're flourishing. Same thing for a community bank with technology costs coming down dramatically. We can serve you the way you want to be served. If you want to do everything online, that's great. We can do that. If you want to come into the office, that's great. We can touch. If you want to call us on the phone, you'll get our call center and you'll get a live person in our local, in our local community. So the important things I'm going at are obviously the service, the decision-making, the community involvement, the fact that the money is actually going back into the community opposed to a larger player where you don't really know where that's going. And you're, I mean, you're, you're literally just a number in their system mm-hmm, for the exactly. most part. Yep. Um, I want to end on this. We'll start with you, Rose. Rose, what, what's been the most rewarding part of being president of the association? Truly working with all of the great bankers in the state. Um, I've been at the association for over 28 years, and as you mentioned, CEO for the last eight or nine, um, the banking industry does such phenomenal things that is really underreported across the state. And sometimes they're used as a scapegoat for um, reasons that aren't truly justified. The industry uh, powers the state. The industry powers local community through the products and services that they offer, the advice they give people, And they really are here to help make sure people succeed and businesses succeed. So it's very rewarding to get to work with, alongside, and represent and advocate for this industry. And Ed, you made a a career shift and came to First Federal in 2016 to be the president and CEO. What, What has that been like and what's been rewarding to you? I had the ability to leave the industry. My organization, which became a very large community bank, ended up acquiring a large national, and it changed. And I left the industry to run a business. So I've always treated myself as a business person. And what I've always loved about community banking are the cool businesses that uh, we get to help grow and be part of their success. And it's very rewarding because we're one of those professionals that a small business, an individual needs. If I'm taking care of a a graduate of Marquette Law School, helping them to consolidate their loans and providing financial literacy on how to take the first steps, that's very rewarding. Watching a business grow, and just as importantly in the industry, um, we're we're training internally now. We used to be trained by the large community banks that were based in Wisconsin. They don't exist anymore, nor do their training. So I really enjoy, and I know my peers uh, at other community banks, it's fun really training the, the younger folks that we're bringing into the industry because this community bank model is not going to go away, just like the movie business didn't go away with, uh, the, uh, with the VHS. Yeah, and it's, it keeps it keeps adapting with technology. Exactly. So, no, things are good. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank this you. This has been great. And thank you everyone who's tuning in. Um, if you like this episode, please leave a review and subscribe. Again, this is the Keeping It Local podcast powered by First Federal Bank. And we've got a couple great upcoming episodes too. The next episode is all about the past, future, and present of hemp in Wisconsin. 
Very interesting episode. We also have an episode on home building and cybersecurity on the front. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. 